Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 299 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to seek and destroy, and this really revolves around mindset and making that transition between practice focus and match play focus, which should be completely different. But unfortunately, most tennis players carry over their mentality from practice, and that makes winning very, very difficult. And today's question comes to us from John Malenga, who wrote to me and said, what are the differences between a practice mindset and a match mindset? And how to switch back and forth between the two. And also how to keep a practice mindset from creeping into a match situation. John, it's a really good question. And I'm going to outline in detail. I'm going to give kind of four different examples of what a practice mindset is. And what four examples of what a good match mindset should be. And what really caused me to choose this question, I've got a really a great list of questions that have been submitted from the members of our Facebook group. Uh, you can go join that group right now by going to EssentialTennis.com slash group. I'll send you right to it. And we're working hard to build that community. And we get a lot of content ideas from our audience members. And that Facebook group is definitely one of the, the main ways. So the, the reason why I chose this particular question from John Besides the fact that John is a very, very longtime supporter of Essential Tennis, always great to hear from you, John, is yesterday, Kevin and I, for the first time, played a match against each other. We played two full sets, and we were kind of breaking in our new tennis courts. We, we finally got our own courts that we're going to have 100% use of during the indoor season here in Milwaukee. And so yesterday was our first full day on the courts. We were setting up cameras. Kevin and I decided to record some match footage. And so for the first time, we, we just we just played two sets. And neither he or I had played any competitive singles play in quite some time, several years for for both of us. And it was just a stark kind of contrast and reminder for me. First of all, it was really enjoyable to get back into an intense, competitive tennis environment again. It's so unbelievably different from what we're normally in. The environment we're normally in is a practice environment. It's a training environment. It's a learning environment. And so yesterday, Kevin and I just had at it and took the gloves off and just went as hard as we could for for two sets. And he and I both played uh, NCAA tennis. He played Division One. I, I played Division Two. He played a little bit of of Futures and Challengers uh, tennis, low level professional events before he started coaching full time. And so both both of us have experienced pretty high competitive environments on the tennis court and. Both of us really missed that. We're both extremely competitive people. And so it really kind of brought that out of us. Uh, again, there's a lot of intensity there. And so when I read John's question, it just reminded me of that huge contrast between what we're normally doing is creating tutorials or training content or working with a student. But when we work with a student, it's the exact opposite environment. But unfortunately, most of you listening, 
or at least most tennis players out there. Those of you listening are definitely many, many steps ahead of your average player. So we'll, we'll stick with that. Most tennis players out there at your local courts have the exact wrong mentality and focus when they play matches, and it makes it really tough to win consistently. And this is a big reason why players play much better in practice than, than they do in matches. They carry over a practice mindset into their matches when in reality it should be extremely different. The contrast should be very, very stark, which is what really struck me yesterday when Kevin and I played a match for the first time in quite a while. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really define exactly and just give some four, example, four examples for each. I just wanted to give some, some very clean-cut clear, specific examples of what you should be pro- uh, focusing on, rather, in both environments. And we'll start off with the practice courts. When, when you're practicing, training, developing your skills, here's four things that you should be focusing on. Number one, reinforcing the confidence and effectiveness of your strengths by hitting aggressive balls from either a feed or a ball machine or a cooperative rally or even competitive point scenarios, but purposefully setting out and setting up drills, setting up a ball machine, setting up feeds from a partner, setting up a cooperative rally to drill and reinforce the things that you're already good at. That's like a critical thing for you to do developmentally is to hone and sharpen and continue to solidify the strengths that you already have and do that purposefully by setting up targets, setting up uh, patterns of different shots, setting up goals and outcomes. Maybe that's maybe you set up a target area across courts and you want to hit that 20 times or maybe five times in a row. Some kind of specific target outcome focus where you're working on a strength and sharpening that strength. That's number one. Number two, changing poor technical habits through video analysis, shadow swings, and slow, deliberate repetitions. This is what we do with our our students most of the time on the courts. And it depends. With our our VIP uh, private students, it's very technically focused. If we're working on strategy, maybe we're doing a a two- or three-day clinic on single strategy or double strategy, there's a lot more action there and a lot more movement. But any kind of changing of habits or uh, building a new habit from the ground up has to be very, very slow, very methodical, very purposeful. And so that's way number two that you should be focusing during your practice time. Number three, solidifying your technique execution of all strokes by doing comfortable rhythm hitting against feeds, a coach, or a partner. So this is very different from both of the first two. This is really uh, kind of rally hitting back back and forth, finding a rhythm, finding a groove, finding a cadence back and forth with your shots, and being able to execute again and again and again the same way. Uh, the first point that I gave was attacking, being aggressive, building confidence in, in weapons and offense. This one is more so building your shot tolerance, which is a, just a f- fancy phrase for being able to hit more shots in a row the same way without getting overwhelmed and and losing focus or losing concentration. And then fourth and finally, what to focus on in practice. And by the way, this is by no means an exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination. These are the first and I think just four biggest and most important categories. And we could add a lot of sub points and subcategories beneath each of these as well. Number four, stretching your abilities by challenging your current comfort zones and using shot patterns, drills, and execution exercises. And so this, again, a little bit different. 
Number one was offensive and sharpening your weapons. Uh, number three was kind of rhythm hitting and building your shot tolerance. Stretching your abilities simply means being a little bit more, more dynamic. This could be like Spanish drill type thing where you're going back and forth, dynamic movement drills. It means uh, not staying in your comfort zone, but pushing, stretching your abilities to expand and hit uh, better shots more consistently from more dynamic positions and locations around the court, maybe stringing together more dynamic combinations of shot, maybe transitioning from uh, defense to offense and going from like a defensive shot to a neutral shot to attacking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just general stretching of your abilities and your comfort level of being able to execute a wider range of, of different shots and different combinations of shots. So what I just described in short, just to kind of sum all this up, is your focus during practice, the whole point of it is to purposefully and deliberately develop your skills in a very systematic way. So it's very you-focused. It's very execution-focused. It's very technical-focused on your skills and your habits and your patterns, your strengths, your weaknesses. It's all you, you, you. Really evaluating where you are now and then deliberately picking that next step of execution and developing yourself as a player and each of your individual skills, one step in the right direction, one step for your forehand, one step for your backhand, so on and so forth, and then the next step, and then the next step. And this is just the, the journey of mastery and tennis that I love and so many of our listeners and so many of our followers love. So that's what, to fo- that's what to focus on in practice. Now let's shift gears and go through the four things I have listed for what to focus on during matches. And you'll notice these are completely, completely different. So if you want to be successful in practice, those are the four things I suggest you focus on. If you want to be successful in matches, these are the top four things I suggest you focus on. Number one, identifying opponent weaknesses by purposefully seeking out what causes a weak response, which techniques are awkward by them, and also how they most easily lose their balance and poise. So we're kind of poking and prodding here, trying to evaluate as early as possible. The first shot of the warm-up, you need to immediately be looking at what they do well, what they do poorly, but specifically really zero in on the particular movements or techniques or strokes or maybe combinations of strokes where when they hit this and then that, then the backhand totally falls apart. Or when they move in this direction on their forehand, then they totally lose their balance, et cetera, et cetera. There's, a, there's a, literally a million different examples of uh, isolated kind of individual things that we could look for and could be present And it takes a while to kind of build your library of things to look for. But this is thing number one to focus on in matches. And quite possibly the most important thing is identifying weaknesses. Number two, learn which patterns and plays and combinations of shots best match your strengths directly against your opponent's weaknesses. And so for me, just to use the example that I'm most familiar with as a left-handed player, that is my forehand, my, my biggest weapon and biggest strength, cross-court to most players' backhand. So that, that is 95% of the time I play tennis, that is my go-to pattern. It's my strength, it's their weakness, 
It's not a secret to anybody, but I'm going to exploit it as much as I can. And so that's just one very isolated, very specific example. There can be all kinds of different patterns where let's say you're a, a touch player and a hands player and you're playing somebody who is most uncomfortable when they're made to move a lot. Well, great. That's an awesome setup for you. So you might want to drop shot lob or hit short low shots and then high deep shots. You get the idea. Or, or back and forth, move them back and forth across the baseline. Not with big, powerful, like trying to hit a winner, but just placing the ball back and forth. I don't know what it is for you. It's, it's going to be different every match, and it's going to be different for every player. But learn the patterns that match up your strengths to their weaknesses. Number three, pay close attention to what their strategies, what their strategies and tactics are so you can constantly be one step ahead of them. It's something that, you know, I'm constantly, I'm, I'm a big anticipation player. I'm a big foot speed and shot tolerance uh, player when, when I'm smart about it and I'm, I'm not trying to pull the trigger too early. I've got good hands, good foot speed. And so I'm very, very much trying to read what are the patterns, what are the favorite shots that my opponent uses and when and how so that I can be one step ahead of him or her at all times and constantly be getting to each shot a step sooner or two or three steps sooner would be fantastic. But even a half a step is a ton of time and a ton of additional ability to be balanced and be poised and hit a good shot. And I can only do that if I'm paying close attention to their patterns and their strategies. And then fourth and finally, identify shifts in their execution, their mental state, their patterns of play, or their technical execution so you can exploit new and different opportunities as they arise. Just because your opponent starts off with XYZ patterns and ABC strengths and weaknesses doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. It could be that in the middle of the first set, they'll have a total blow up and meltdown about one particular shot that's not going their way on that particular day. And it'll open up a completely new set of patterns and strategies and ways to exploit that opportunity. So in short, the best way to maximize your match play results is to completely put away your practice mentality, which remember was very inwardly focused. It was very self-focused and focus instead like a laser on the problem solving task of figuring out your opponent and developing a deadly game plan. And so this, this is where the title of today's episode comes from, which is Seek and Destroy. I call this Seek and Destroy. Seek means take the focus off of yourself and place it firmly on your opponent so that you can quickly and accurately determine your opportunities. And ideally, make a list of those. You should have a notepad or use your phone and, and take notes on your phone or whatever. You should have a list of at least two or three major opportunities before the warm-up is even over. Singles or doubles, either way. A particular shot to their, your particular shot to their particular shot, a certain pattern of play. Uh, if, it's a, if it's doubles, maybe it's a serve down the tee to a particular player's backhand return serve and then poach or fake uh, to draw a, a weak return and, and really exploit that. What, whatever it is, you should have at least two or three of those specific things to really explore and try to exploit before the warm-up is even over. And so that's the seek part of seek and destroy. And then destroy is take what you learned, take that list of opportunities and specific patterns and combine it. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Take what you learn about your opponent and combine it with what you already know about your own strengths 
to craft lethal plays. And all play means is a specific pattern of shots. This shot of mine to that shot of theirs. Or maybe it could be a little bit more complicated than that. Maybe it could be this shot of mine to this location until I'm able to kind of draw them out of position a little bit. And then this shot of mine to a different location when it opens up an opportunity for me down the line or inside out or inside in or whatever it is. And so seek means no longer focusing on yourself, which is what practice is all about. Training and practice is all about self-awareness. It's all about being mindful about what you are doing and tracking your quality of execution, tracking your ability to do the new thing well, or tracking your ability to do the current habit even better and raise your level of precision, raise your level of power and spend whatever it is that you're trying to sharpen and improve. It's all about you. But during matches, it needs to completely go off of you. And that doesn't mean you don't keep tabs on like what's working and what's not. Like You're going to have ups and downs within a match. And so pay attention to that. But here's, and John asked the question specifically, John said, how to keep a practice mindset from creeping into a match situation. And I think this is the the key. This is the crux of the matter. Identify and notice when things are not going the way they normally do for you, but just take that as data. Just take it as information, not as an invitation to try to fix that thing. And so if you notice, oh man, I'm really hitting my backhand a lot into the net today. It's very tempting for most of you listening. You're listening to this because you really have a passion for the improvement process. You're working hard to get better. And so you're constantly analyzing yourself and trying to improve your technique. And that's great. That's why I love talking to you each and every week because that's that's the kind of information and guidance I love to give to tennis players. But if you take that mentality and you apply it to a match, then your attention and your focus is immediately taken away from what matters most, and that is your opponent. That Your opponent and their strengths and their weaknesses, their patterns, their likes, their dislikes, that is where you're going to be able to differentiate between a winning day and a losing day. And so if the, the sixth time your backhand hits the net, if you say to yourself, oh, crap, I, I must be forgetting to drop my racket head uh, after I go into my unit turn, and so I, I better start dropping and maybe bending my knees a little more so I can lift it up, create a little bit more space. As soon as you go down that rabbit hole and you start to fix your backhand and, oh man, my toss is a little bit off. It's not that you shouldn't be mindful of those things, but as soon as you start putting your coach hat on and you start putting on your technique development uh, kind of analysis hat and you start trying to fix those elements, that's when things really start to go south uh, because you're completely losing track of what your opponent is doing. They could completely change up their tactics. They could completely start hitting their backhand great instead of poorly, and you miss it. Meanwhile, you're trying to fix yourself on your own side of the court, and they run away with the match because you're no longer problem-solving and optimizing for what will win you the match. Now, would it be great if you could fix your backhand right there on the fly in the moment and fix your serve toss and just boom, snap your fingers and, oh, yeah, I just need to remember this and then uh, then it's perfect? Sure. And sometimes that might happen, but more times than not, it's not that simple. 
In fact, I made a short video yesterday after Kevin and I finished our, our match, and I made a quick list of the different variables that were out of whack for me that day. It was a totally different topic. I, I was doing a tip of the day for our academy members area. And there were nine different things that I, I identified just sitting and thinking about it for 60 seconds or 90 seconds. Things that normally I can probably rely on or count on, but just weren't there that day. Nine different things. Like if I went into fixing mode and I was like, oh, and trust me, I, I'm much more aware than your average player of what's going wrong. And I, I can identify exactly what my problems are. But I know as a coach, I know as a uh, person who gives guidance to players that there's no way I'm going to fix that deficiency right now. If, if it happens with a quick reminder, then great. Frankly, that's going to be the exception. Most of the time, it's not a matter of just knowing what to do. You probably know your toss should be in a different spot. You know your racket head needs to drop more on your backhand. It's not a matter of knowing. It's a matter of training. And you're not going to train yourself out of a bad habit right now in the middle of a match with John or Sally uh, there's not enough time for that. There's not enough repetitions for that. And not the least of which problems with this uh, scenario, John and Sally are actively trying to make you uncomfortable. All of those four examples that I gave of a good practice mindset, a good practice focus, most of them were in a very controlled environment. And in a match against John or Sally, they're actively trying to make you uncomfortable. So trying to fix your backhand or fix your serve toss is the worst possible idea because you're doing so in a very volatile environment. And there's no way you're going to actually come away with any better feel or any better execution. Occasionally, it, it might happen. But if you go down the rabbit hole of trying to make it happen, now you're totally taking yourself out of the match. So this is a stark contrast for so many players out there. But at the end of the day, in practice, you should be focusing on sharpening your present habits and developing new ones. And in a match, you should be deploying the skills that you have right now in that given moment as best as possible. And the only way to deploy those skills that you have right now effectively is to be opponent-focused. In a match, you want to fall back on what you're already doing subconsciously, not trying to fix or patch or tweak or develop or learn anything new or fix any, even if you already know what the problem is. As soon as you go into fix-it mode, you're sacrificing focus, and that's when you get taken out of the match and you're no longer competing like a great competitor does. So John, hope this is a big help to you and everybody else listening today, hope this is a big help to you. This is a critical mindset shift and hopefully you see a, com a completely stark 180 from one to the other. And so uh, John asked, uh, how do I switch back and forth between the two? John, I think it's a matter of being mindful of the change, mindful of the shift and being mindful of how different it is. And then just purposefully doing that. When you walk out onto a practice court, you should have a plan already. You should already know what you're going to focus on. And when you walk out onto a match court, you should be reminding yourself free and during the match, reminding yourself frequently of what your focus needs to be on so that you don't trail off into a practice mindset focus. Hope this is a huge help to you. If it was, shoot me a quick uh, email. Let me know to Ian, I-A-N, at Essential Tennis. Dot com. 
And also be sure to, to leave a review on, if you have an iPhone, on the, your podcasts app or on the iTunes music store or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Hope this was a huge help. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.